Status Podcast. Kind of prove the athlete stereotype, right? The classroom setting. Yeah, it did. It did. But okay, so it definitely did. But like, I knew some of the athletes, so I was like, I knew that it wasn't fully true, but yeah. it was definitely noticeable in class, one hundred percent. Was that something that was talked about throughout? the throughout campus about how students yes, <laughs> hello and thank you for tuning into the status podcast where dana ty and zay encourage student athletes to take action to universally succeed the status podcast is designed to achieve encompassment of the student athlete and their journeys while navigating multiple avenues our goal is to discuss analyze and create powerful ways that our student athletes can benefit from using their platform to grow holistically the status podcast will feature topics that can open the eyes of student athletes to endless possibilities in sports and beyond we as former student athletes are passionate about the student athlete experience and using our personal testimonies to repurpose the journey of the life sports and education we plan to capitalize on opportunities to speak on topics regarding the wellness of student athletes both physically and mentally we will use our voices to empower and supply the world's athletes with tools to be successful during and after their student athlete experience be sure to follow our instagram at status 412 underscore brie we wanted to bring you on like i told you before that um mm-hmm. that we wanted to perception of the student athlete we wanted to get someone on who definitely share (laughs) (laughs) we wanted to get somebody on who um you know went to a college where sports was you know important and Mm -hmm. you know people um you know view student athletes a certain way and um I know everybody has their their own perception of student athletes, but I think you can give us a good background of, you know, uh, what you thought about student athletes, what your friends thought about student athletes, what those type of conversations was like. But um, before we get into that topic, I just want you to introduce yourself. I mean, you went to UConn. Just let us know where you're from. Why UConn? All right. So I went to UConn. I'm originally from Connecticut, which time you're going to talk shit about. But <laughs> <laughs> so I am from Connecticut, went to UConn, um, but I currently live in New York. UConn, I kind of wanted to stay close to my family, but I still wanted to go to like, you know, a good school. Um, so honestly, UConn was one of my choices. So I applied, got in. I was actually really happy to get in, but I also um, got into a program where you can take like summer courses. Um, that allow you to obtain like college credit. So like that was also an incentive for me to go there. I was able to kind of like get a head start, take summer courses, um, and that would apply to like my college credit. That's dope. Um, how far? How far did you stay from UConn? How far was like home? Um, it's like an hour and 15, 20 minute drive. Like nothing crazy. So what part of Connecticut was that? Uh, Hamden. Oh, okay. What major, uh, what major city is that close to? It's like a half an hour from the capital. Like Hartford, oh, okay. and it's like no more than an hour and twenty minutes from UConn. Oh, so that's an easy commute. How often did you go home? Um, maybe like once a month. Like nothing crazy, but because it was like I had a car on campus, it was easy for me. It was like nothing. A lot less than Ty did when he was there. <laughs> <laughs> it was crazy because we we just had Michaela on um the last episode and we were talking about how I went home every weekend, especially the first summer I was there. Well, not home, but I went to New York every weekend. Mm-hmm, 
And um, you, yeah, you were there during the summer. What's that? Yeah, you were there during the summer. Yeah, I got there in the summer, but I was never like on campus. Mm-hmm. I was always gone. So um, whenever you got to UConn, uh, what was so first of all, what was your major at UConn? Not anything I'm doing now, but my major was <laughs> psychology and justice. I feel like it's a, people never really choose a career within their major. I mean, some people do, but my major was psychology and criminal justice and I'm in real estate. So I should have gone into business or something. I don't know. <laughs> Did you originally start out uh, heading towards that, Phil? Yeah. Like I went in freshman year knowing what my major was going to be. Not too many people do that. Yeah. So why do you shift um, career paths? So like from not, well, not career paths, but shift from what you majored into something, you know, totally different. So my major was psych and criminal justice. I wanted to work in like the criminal justice field and help. Like I wanted to help juveniles, like kind of integrate themselves into the community. But then like, and I wanted to like go to law school, do that whole thing. I even like took the LSAT after I graduated. Wow. I, yeah, I worked in a law firm for like a year and I was like, I can't do this nine to five desk thing. Like I can't do it. I can't. It's just not. <laughs> so like, I was there for less than a year and I was like, I got to go. So then I like left. Uh, I stopped doing that. I actually worked in hospitality in New York for like three years just to save like mad money. And like, I was always into like business. So I would like go to all these seminars and like read all these books and like all this stuff. And like, I eventually found real estate and I was like, yo, I'm obsessed. Like, and then from that point on, I was like, that's it. Like real estate, that's it. Wow. What made you uh, move to New York in the first place out of, out of college? Honestly, opportunity. Like there's nothing in Connecticut. And like, I always had that mentality. So after, after graduating, I was like, yeah, I got to go. Like, I don't know why I'm going, but like, I got to go. I had no plan. I had no money. My parents <laughs> were like, what are you going to do? I was like, like, I'll figure it out. Like I'm whatever, like I'll figure it out. So yeah, I went and that's it. <laughs> Did you have family or friends to lean on when you got to New York? No, all my family's in Connecticut. Oh. That's kind of bold yeah. to go to a yeah, new bold. With, like no plan. Most <laughs> people <laughs> most jump people, off the ship. Yeah, most yeah, people New York is still an opportunity. So it's like I was gonna find something, like I don't know. Yeah, but most people talk about doing that, but not too many people actually take that leap. Yeah. You always hear people, oh, I'm leaving, I wanna do this, I wanna do that. Yeah. But stay in the same spot and mm-hmm. you know never take that leap um so you had to have some courage and like a lot of faith in yourself to to do yeah. something like that mm-hmm. i Which mean it's definitely all believing in yourself you know like even if you don't have a plan knowing that like you're going to get where you want to be yeah for sure so what made you get into real estate like I don't know, really. Like after just like going to all these like events, like business events and like meeting people, even to this day, like a lot of my friends and mentors are in real estate and I would just like hear talk about it. And then I realized like this could be something that's, you know, obviously very lucrative and can get me, you know, down the path of, you know, financial freedom, which is something that like, you know, I aspire for like myself and my family. Mm -hmm. So like I found real estate and what I did was I kind of, surrounded myself with people in the field, you know, and kind of integrated myself into the business as a whole. And like, it just took off after that. That's dope. No lie. Brie was one of the people who, um, you know, I looked up to whenever I was taking okay. my real estate license. I asked her, I asked her a ton of questions as I was going through it. And I still didn't do anything with my real estate license yet. I just have it for no reason right now. Yeah, but you still got it. 
it'll it's, so, something will come out of it sooner than later. But she's been super influential in my process so far. So it's been uh it's been dope to see her and, and doing what she's been able to com- accomplish through real estate. No, I appreciated you hitting me up that time too. Like that was cool. I really appreciate it. Yeah, you, you know, never um feel like you're too good to ask questions and reach out to people. Oh, never, never. I do that all the time. Like I've learned that within the last maybe two, three years, like don't be afraid to ask questions. It's like, it's more stupid to not ask a question than it is to, you know, ask one, you know. Uh, We first started real estate. Did you start off like, you know, with a company or, you know, on your own? No, I, um, well, to actually do transactions, you have to like associate yourself with a brokerage and a company. But I was with a really small firm just trying to like, you know, get your feet wet. And New York is very rental heavy. So it you like you really have to hustle with these rentals. It's like crazy. Like I was struggling, honestly, not even going to lie. But like the first year or two in real estate, that's that's just it. Like you're going to struggle. Um, and eventually I went to a bigger company to kind of expose myself. Like I knew that I was kind of greater than the smaller company I started out with. And then after that, it's just a matter of kind of connecting yourself with the right people and, you know, moving forward. Would you recommend starting with a smaller company? Um, I think it depends. I I really didn't know. I mean, like, yeah, I really didn't know the process. So it's like you can definitely start with a big company and, you know, they'll probably accept you and your license and you can, you know, move forward from there. But I really didn't know that much. So I was the first company that accepted me. I was like, oh, it's late. Like, <laughs> it's over. So I really didn't understand, like, you know, you want to work with a company that already has, like, a brand and a name and people kind of associate you with that. But, yeah. No, uh, but that's cool. It all worked out, um, you know, in a positive way for you. So yeah. that's all good stuff. So whenever you got to UConn, um, who were some of the first people that, that you met? Did you get on campus with people that, you know, you knew out of high school or was it something where you transitioned into a place where you had you didn't know anybody and you need to make new friends? How, how was that transition? No one really no one that I went to high school with really went to UConn, at least the one that I was like super close with. Um, but I met a lot of people, like I was explaining to you in like the summer program that I was in, Mm -hmm. most of the people that I like still talk to now and that I like knew throughout my entire four years, like I met during that summer program because we got super close, you know? Yeah. I I met you during the summer too. Yeah. Everyone. How how do we, how do we run into each other? I don't even remember. I don't know, but I know that I definitely met you during the summer. What was your first impression when you met him? You guys Uh were like training or something or like, I don't know, but. Yeah. yeah. Huh? What was your first impression when you met Ty? Uh-oh. Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> well, I knew you were an athlete, obviously. You were, like, practicing or something. Like, I don't know. Um, I think I actually met you through Masharo. Probably. I was thinking the same thing. I'm not even sure how I met Masharo. <laughs> yeah. I definitely, I think, I'm pretty sure I met you. I don't know if I met Junior. I think I met some of you guys during the summer, for sure, while you yeah. guys were practicing or whatever. Yeah, which was first impression. I think you were nice. Like I don't. I think you were cool. Yeah, I'm cool. Come on, man. Relax. (laughs) You were okay. You were okay. Did you have any classes with athletes that summer? Um. Yeah. I definitely had classes with athletes. Definitely had a lot of classes with them freshman year too. (laughs) Freshman year. So were were they more lecture driven classes or? 
Yeah. So were you able to tell whenever the athlete walked in a, into the uh, into the lecture? One thousand percent. How how are you able to tell yeah, when the athlete walks into the lecture? All right. First of all, <laughs> you guys came late. <laughs> oh, <laughs> don't say you guys. Okay. <laughs> you guys always wore your athletic gear, so people just knew who you were. Yeah. You guys always came in groups. Never really participated in class. It was just obvious. <laughs> it was just obvious. So did that? Did that kind of? Um, did that kind of prove the athlete stereotype? Right, the classroom setting. Yeah, it did. It did. But okay, so it definitely did. But like, I knew some of the athletes, so I was like, I knew that it wasn't fully true, but yeah. it was definitely noticeable in class, one hundred percent. So was that something that was talked about throughout the throughout campus about how students? Yes, athletes? of course. <laughs> was it really? I didn't know that. Like, right, that I didn't know neither. Conversation. <laughs> it wasn't like, oh my god, let's sit down and have like a three-hour conversation about you yeah. know athletes. But it's like it. It was definitely talked about. Like, like you guys don't care. <laughs> Whoa! So, so it matched up to that. So you know that quote unquote dumb job. Yeah, for sure. And to, no, to be honest, like so because I knew some athletes, I was like some like some really cared about school. Some were like smart. Others, I'm just like, why do you have to like come on? Like, why do you have to fit the stereotype? Like, why? Yeah. So, so before you before you got to uh, you know know the athletes that you knew, did you just put that uh, you know that trait on? All of them, like you grouped them all in one, like uh, they all don't care. They all stupid, whatever the case may be. Um, dang, stupid. <laughs> dang, you, you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. Um, well, no, I some got called that before. Just can't so hold know. a conversation. Some definitely can't hold a conversation. But yeah. um, I don't know. I think I didn't like judge 100%, but I definitely assumed like, okay, like this is how they're going to act. This is what they're going to do. But not so much where it's like, I was like, okay, I'm not going to have a conversation with this person. Or like, I think they're like stupid. Like, that's OD. But they definitely did have a stereotype, you know? <laughs> yeah, for sure. So you being a psychology major, were you in classes with a lot of athletes? Did it, uh, seem, like, did it seem like a lot of athletes kind of uh, gravitated towards that major as well? No. So I was saying like freshman year, I had a lot of classes with them only because most of the time, Freshman, you're taking like gen ed classes. So you're taking like your like communication, you're like maybe psych 101, like basic gen ed classes. So that's why I had um, most like athletes in my class. But so once I, I got into like majors and I'm taking like psychology, like WQ courses or like science, it was like, no. Hmm. <laughs> no. It's, it's funny you say that because a lot of um, a lot of athletes kind of get put into you know, psychology, sociology, those type mm -hmm. of majors. Um, so I'm kind of surprised to hear you say that you didn't have, you know, as many athletes in your classes as your uh, as you went through your major. Freshman year, I definitely did, but um, junior, senior, definitely not. Once it got to kind of like advanced psych or like science or like any of that, like not really. How often did student did the student athletes in your class actually make it to class? Was it was it noticeable whenever they wasn't there? Yes, it was noticeable because it was okay. Okay, so one either you guys were late. I don't want to say you guys. Okay, so either they were late or um, 
they just like didn't show up. But it was noticeable because like everyone like loved you guys at UConn. Like you were like idolized. So it's like people like, so if you didn't show up or you showed up late, it was like people knew, you know, people were like, not necessarily like looking for you, but knew that athletes were in their class, you know? Yeah. It's kind of crazy that you say that because, you know, our mindsets, whenever I know, at least freshman year, whenever I was in a class with like 400 people, Mm -hmm. I would think like, no, nobody's going to notice if I'm not there anyways, because 400 (laughs) people in the class, like if I stay stay in my dorm and sleep until practice today, nobody will notice. Mm -hmm. But it's crazy that you say that people notice. Like maybe 50 people or so in it too. Yeah, that's true. It is noticeable whenever you got a class that small. Mm Mm-hmm. And also, like when the class is like facing the door, so when you come in late, you're like (laughs) looking, and I'm just like, (laughs) (laughs) can't just sneak into the back. Like, no, that is crazy to think about, man. What did you think about that whenever you, uh, whenever you was in class as a student athlete? What did I think? No, not you, Dana. Oh, Uh, man, I don't know. I, uh, they they were on us a lot. Like they would be at our our classes waiting. You know what I mean. So we couldn't be late. But those big classes, like you said, I show up. I know a few like uh, girls that was in the class. Let me know when the test is. That's when I'm gonna come. See? <laughs> whoa, 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 Bree! Whoa, Bree! <laughs> exactly, exactly. Like I mean, the one class I might attend probably four times the whole semester. I mean, it was just it was my freshman year. And I end up uh I end up passing it though, because they exactly, didn't do it. Exactly. <laughs> I was a good student. I can't relate. Oh wow. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> but so wait, how, were you guys late to class often or no? It, well, we got a lot going on. This is your man no, no, speaking That wasn't the question. That, that wasn't the question. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't the question, guys. Were you guys late to class? I, I I'm not finished. I'm not finished. Okay. okay. You know I mean? Sometimes. We tend to be late, okay? We, we got to get something to eat on the go. Got to, you know, make sure we go get our homework or whatever the no case may be. So are you making excuses? Okay. Huh? Is, are you no making excuses? 100% I'm making excuses. Yeah. <laughs> so when are, so when are, when are you going to answer the question? Were you guys late to class or not? <laughs> if we went a lot, probably uh, 7 out of 10. 7 out of 10 times you were late? You said you went to one class four times. Oh, no, that's the class that you go to. Oh, we talking about, hold up. <laughs> now, that <laughs> uh, thing's in another way now. But, uh, so Ty, were you late to class? What you say? Who, me? Ty, were you, were you late to class? No, if I if I went to class, I was definitely on time. <laughs> if you went? If I went, yeah. That's I was worse than being late. Yeah. What, not going? Yeah. No, I don't think so. No? If, if you're going to be late, I think if you're not going to go, just commit. Just don't go. Yeah. If, if you're going to be late, like all eyes are on you when you walk in the door, you're interrupting the class. See, I wasn't can, that late. I wasn't late like that. I'd be like five minutes or some or all right, I mean, if, I, if I'm indecisive, if I really want to go, I'll flip a coin. Like if a heads, I'll go <laughs> get my head in the class, tell, take my butt home. <laughs> Yo, I can't. What was that experience like for you, Bree? Like, what what was your mindset in terms of you know going to class, being on time, and things like that compared to the student athlete mindset? I mean, 
some classes, I feel like you have to know the class and know the professor. Like some classes I went to every single class because some teachers were like crazy. Some professors like took attendance, like it was crazy. Or they just like knew who you were. Um, other classes I knew like I could still pass without going to every single one. Like I knew we were going to like review today. So I don't have to go to that class or like, I don't have to do that. I mean, that's like the beauty of college being like independent. You might as well have been a student. Right, I was about to say, you sound like one of us. You sound like a student athlete to me. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> if the shoe fit, you got to wear it. Know the class, know the dynamic, know the professor. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, you might as well put on the jersey if you ask me. That's All like... right. No, no, no. <laughs> I don't know. So, but you had a lot of friends who were student athletes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you got you got really cool with Mo. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we were cool. Um, you had some other people that, you know, you was able to hang out with. Mm-hmm. What was your thoughts of the people that you kind of interacted with um, compared to the perception of, of student athletes? So as I got to know a lot of student athletes, like more, I did realize like, y'all work hard. I'm not even going to lie. Like I really <laughs> did realize like, wow, like you have back-to-back practices and this and that, like always tired, never free time. I'm like, yo, I can't imagine that. Not saying, you know, going to college is easy, but I'm like, I'm just a student. Like you're a student and you got to do this. Like sucks. <laughs> but yeah. um, no, I really, I did realize that you guys like work super, super hard. That's one thing I, I definitely did realize. And then having games and all these things. So like. Then you miss in class when you have no control because games. Yeah. And then having to like <laughs> schedule or like take the test at a different date. And like, yeah. So I definitely did realize the adjustments that a lot of student athletes had to make. To like you know be you know an efficient like student. Yeah, for sure. Um, and you, like I said, you were good friends with Mo. The basketball program. She just had a in New York. I went to. Oh, uh, did she really? I did see you post that. Yeah. Were you able to connect with her? Yeah, she hit me up. She told me to go. That's cool. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, the basketball program is a lot. There, it's a lot more demanding on, no, the, on the school on the on the schedule. On mm-hmm. the classroom schedule because they're traveling, you know, X amount of times a week. Mm-hmm. Don't even talk about the NCAA tournament because yeah. they're going to be gone for weeks at a time and everything is going to be, you know, remote and the finals are going to be taken on the road. It's just, mm-hmm. a, it's just a lot going on in terms of basketball. Balance. Yeah, it's the balance is crazy. Yeah. So can you can you talk about kind of uh, what you saw from, you know, your basketball friends as student athletes in terms of, you know, them balancing class and schoolwork and things like that? I mean, it was definitely like difficult. Um, it was more so like connecting with people where you could like hang out and like study or like connecting with someone who like you knew went to class and like you can get like notes from them. Or you can mm-hmm. kind of just like understand the material because like you said, they are traveling or, you know, they're, they're very like, um, they just demand a lot of your time, especially basketball, you know, yeah. obviously with a very heavy basketball school. But um, yeah, I think it's just being able to balance it. Like most, ath- most athletes that were like very, very serious um, didn't really like hang out every day or like go to parties every weekend. Like you knew, you knew the athletes who were kind of just like, taking in all the glory, I guess. And then the athletes mm-hmm. are like really, really working hard and not like, not about that life. Did you kind of see the difference between, um, you know, the student athletes who took it serious, who, you know, oh, really, 
Yeah. And c- could you see a difference in, you know, their grades and their performance on a court or the field as well? I mean, I'm not their professor, so I don't really know about their grades, but yeah, I feel sure. like you definitely, I feel like you definitely knew the athletes who like took the sport very seriously mm-hmm. and was like, you know, either practicing or studying and like really not in the mix, like yeah. not in the scene, like, like none of that. And they were just like, you know, to themselves, whether it was basketball, football, soccer, like whatever. Um, and just literally practicing, studying, practicing, studying, like I'm here for a reason. You know what I mean? Yeah, Opposed sure. to other ones that were kind of like always out and, you know, in the mix being social. They talk about like the three phases of a student athlete life. It's like mm-hmm. um, your social life, your sport and your academics. And to be a really, really good, something is going to have to take a backseat. You gotta give, yeah. You know, something's gotta give. You can't be really good at all three. You can't have a great social life, a great academic life, and a great, you know, playing career. Mm-hmm. So, um, well, you kind of hit it on the head where a lot of the more serious athletes kind of, you know, made the social life take a backseat and um, wasn't really in a scene as much. And uh, was that kind of the same at Kent, Dana? Um, yeah, to a certain extent. Um, this is the I Miami think. guy talking again, so. <laughs> <It's> the- <laughs> well, you, guys, you guys have to maintain a certain GPA, right? Well, yeah, you gotta main- it's not as demanding, though. It's like a 2.0. Yeah, that, that's, uh, it's hard. Once you, once you, especially if you don't know the balance, like, you know, you could probably attest to that time about, you know, being a freshman, probably trying to do this, do that. First time away from the house, you're on your own. You, of course, you want to go party. Of course, you got to do your school. And then, of course, you're there for, you know, uh, football. Mm-hmm. So you're trying to balance all three. And then, like you said, for me, for example, my ac- academics took a back seat my freshman year. You know, got jammed up and whatnot. But then once you learn how to balance it, you might have to miss a party or so. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. To study, write this paper. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Balance it, like you said, like having that perfect balance of, you know, all three if you're willing to do that. Yeah, it's not the same. Well, where'd you go to school? state okay nice 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 okay it's not to say that you can't have a social life but you just got to be able to know you know when you're able to go to that party or mm-hmm. when you're able no. to, <laughs> exactly and want to say no which one took the back seat for you for me mm-hmm. <laughs> well you know I, I didn't really go out whenever we were at uconn so mm-hmm. i was um I, the, so, the social life is something that i just didn't partake in because mm-hmm. You know, so I really, really didn't have to take a backseat. What's that? So I really didn't have to take a backseat. It was already. It, didn't ha- it was already a backseat, but I also didn't go to class either. So. <laughs> Boy, I had two in the backseat. <laughs> two in the backseat. <laughs> so I, I had two in the backseat, but I, I learned quick because I almost, so like freshman year, I started out like with a 1.3 GPA. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was literally just playing football. I didn't go to any class. I didn't do anything like that. Mm-hmm. And then. Second semester of my freshman year, I got a 1.9 GPA. And then okay. I, was, I, was, yeah, I was making progress, you know, but I was th- I was going to get kicked out of UConn. They were like, you either going to have to make a decision to improve your grades or you got to or you got to go. So I stayed um, I stayed at UConn for a winter term uh, just to, you know, take a, a couple classes to get my GPA up so I can be eligible to play. Um, and then I kind of figured it out that. I got to put a little bit more effort into school mm-hmm. if I'm going to, you know, be able to perform on the field. So um, my social life didn't have to take a backseat because I really didn't care for it. But um, 
I did have to increase my my level of play in the classroom, if you if we can say that. So, wait. So the biggest why, thing is like, why didn't you go to class? I mean, both of you guys. Like, was it because like I'd rather just like practice, or just because like I just didn't like I didn't want to go? Honestly, I didn't want to go. Uh, I was, and, and UConn is a lot, di- like Dana and I grew up in the same area. So mm-hmm. UConn is a lot different than where we grew up. Um, so like we grew up in a predominantly black, you know, place. We didn't, um, you know, see a lot of what we seen at UConn. And I, I almost felt like uncomfortable on campus, you know, being mm-hmm. at a PWI, predominantly white institution. Mm-hmm. I felt like I, I didn't fit in there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the things that I was I was accustomed to weren't happening at UConn. So I was like all the black people at UConn. <laughs> I, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not like gonna all the black people. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Mm-hmm. So I got to I got to UConn and I was like, I ain't really feeling the vibe and I just want to play football. So I'm gonna stay in my dorm and I'm gonna go play football, and that's mm-hmm. all I'm gonna do. So <laughs> wait, so Dana, when you didn't go to class, was it because you were practicing or you just no, I just making excuses being lazy. I'll be honest. You know what I mean? I, it, it was it was easier to stay in the dorm and play NCAA, and, uh, <laughs> or you sitting in the hub. We call it the hub, and you know you got your group of friends, whatever. You look at the time, y'all kicking, but all right, I go Tuesday. I go Thursday. Like it's because you got Tuesday Thursday class, so it's easier to do that and just just but being naive. It's so much easier to just yeah. go to class and do what you got to do, though, which is crazy because right. we we thought we were taking the easy way out, but we were really it making it more difficult. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, we're not going to go to class. You know, we're going to, you know, do homework at the last minute or we're going to find somebody to, to copy off of their homework or something like that. But we were just adding more stress on our shoulders, not mm-hmm. even knowing, you know, if we would just go to class, pay attention to study and go take this test, we wouldn't really have anything to worry about. Yeah. But whenever it came test time, we were like scrambling to try to figure out how were we how we were going to pass this test instead yeah. of just doing it the whole way through. So try to try to write a six page paper an hour before it's due or something. Yeah, it was it's crazy. So. Wait, did you guys like make it a point to like have friends that were like, you know, attending classes and like everything was going on? I don't want to say made it a point. I think it just naturally like occurred like mm-hmm. just being me being a social person you know and just uh being able to connect with people um it was easy to just like, oh you're in my class hey what's up then just a s- simple conversation and mm-hmm. hey you got that paper uh let me call me real quick <laughs> <laughs> but no nah, uh i found out the hard way doing stuff like that almost got kicked out of school for you know plagiarism mm-hmm. uh relied on somebody last second to write a paper for me and they totally copied a a previous football player that they wrote it for like oh. word for word and I didn't know I'm just like she drops it off to me and it's just like I turn it in go back to the class the next time we got a debate we do the debate I kill it and then she hands us the paper and it basically said this is word for word so and so's uh paper from 2 oh, years God. ago I report you to uh judicial affairs you're, you're going to fail my class, you're this, you're that. And so I just had to basically oh. talk my way out of it and write. We were, we were traveling to Kansas to play Kansas State. And so she this class was on Thursday. I had this, it was an eight-page paper. I had to wake up in the morning, go to the writing uh, uh, tutors, 
in the morning, start on the paper, on the bus, do what I had to do on the airplane. Then I didn't even go to team meetings. Once we go to Kent, got to Kansas, and I had to turn that eight-page paper in by 12 o'clock. Um, just so, making like, life harder for yourself. Just making it way harder than what it should have been. Yeah. So. Wait, are there actual, like, people that just write for athletes? Like, I'm confused. This person just, like... <laughs> you you'll be able to find somebody on every campus that's willing to help that, out. That's what I mean. <laughs> that's willing to help out the student athlete population. See, this is what I mean. People just like I, I can't, I can't <laughs> idolize you guys. Like no one's just writing papers for random people. Like no friends. You know, I'm, you not have, yeah. I'm not writing no papers. You got to be a good friend sometimes. Yeah, come on, Bree. Come on, Bree. I hope you study. I'm not gonna write your paper for you. Like that's that's a lot. That's a lot. Well, obviously she didn't neither. She <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so Bree, just to just to kind of wrap it up, um, what is some advice that you would give to student athletes on the college campus to kind of blend in with the rest of the population um, and to kind of eliminate that stereotype of Oh, there goes the student athlete, the dumb job. Uh, no, dang. <laughs> well, one, come to class. Um, not only come to class, but like participate. So it seems as if like, you know, you care about your your grade and, and things like that. Um, definitely be on time if you do come to class. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Just like, I don't know, like act like you care about, you know, your academics and not just you know, being on the football field or being on the court or like whatever. Yeah, absolutely. But I do appreciate how like most athletes are very social. Which mm-hmm. I feel like it's just like in your nature. So I do appreciate that, which is easy for you guys to like uh, Dana was saying, like connect with people to like work with or tutor or study or things like that. But yeah. Yeah. And a lot of things that, you know, you don't think about that. Um kind of plays a role is your attire. Like you go into class mm-hmm. with your sweatsuit on. Well, you guys wore that every day. All every day. day. You wear the same things every day. day. But if you would make an if you would make an effort to kind of dress for class and dress exactly. like the rest of the, you know, the student body, mm-hmm. um, you wouldn't have so, so much of a target on your back. Because mm-hmm. like you remember Gus, he used to come to class and he used to sit in the front seat and kind of like blend in. He couldn't blend in that well because he was like six, six, three hundred and twenty pounds. But he would come in, he would sit like in the front seat with his glasses on and Mm -hmm. he would, um, you know, be really attentive. But, you know, he didn't really get that label as, you know, a dumb jock or one of those student athletes who didn't really care about class. So, um there's a lot of little things that you can do to, you know, remove that stereotype from you. So, um, and it's something that you really got to work at. So it's not something that. I mean, do you think you know, that you worked on it or you just didn't care? Nah, I think, yeah, I think it's just, it's, it, throw a sweatsuit on, go to class. You don't care. I didn't really, really care to blend in. For the most nah. part, people knew who you were. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think it's something that you have to actively try to do to blend mm-hmm. in with the rest of the student body because um, it's real easy to just get up, throw a sweatsuit on and, you know, be like the rest of the student athlete. You're population. already bigger than everyone else, depending and on what sports <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So, no, but I thought it was good. I thought this was good. I thought, um, you know, you gave a lot of insight on the student athlete perception and <laughs> you you said a lot of things that, you know, I didn't even realize 
So um, I, think a lot of, I think a lot of student athletes hearing this and kind of just thinking like, I can just get by and nobody would notice. Mm-hmm. Um, they notice. They notice. Yeah, you kind of you kind of ended that that thought. Right. Like, <laughs> um, yeah, that can guess no. Seriously, like you got you, anybody that I talk to that's a student athlete moving forward, I'm gonna be like, listen, if you're not in class, I don't care if there's 800 people in there, they're gonna notice. They know. Yeah, they do. You know, which is something that I did not I think did, about yeah. whenever I was a student athlete. I thought nobody knew if I was there or not. So, yeah. no, but this was good, Bree. Um, we appreciate you hopping on Definitely with us. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. And, and talking about your experience. Make sure y'all go ahead and follow. Make sure y'all go ahead and follow Brie on IG. She might not. She might not follow you back though. She kind of bougie. All right. Don't leave her followers out there like that. No, I'm just messing around. Brie is super cool. So um, go ahead and hit that follow button. If you need a real estate agent in NYC, you know who to contact. She's going to make sure she's going to get you right. She's been uh, killing the real estate game. So keep doing your thing there, Bree. So we appreciate you. Um, And make sure y'all go ahead and follow Status, man. Follow the Status Podcast IG and um, hit that follow button. And we'll see you guys next time for the next episode. So. Appreciate you, Bree. Appreciate you again, Bree. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Status Podcast.